Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Tim, and you're listening to The Gospel According to Lucas, where the Force meets Catholicism. Every episode, we analyze scripture through the lens of Star Wars to uncover the Christian connection with a galaxy far, far away. If you'd like to read along with us, you can find a link to today's readings in the show notes at thegospelaccordingtolucas.com or right in your podcast app. We are using the New American Bible. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing for free to The Gospel According to Lucas in your favorite podcast app. Visit thegospelaccordingtolucas.com for links to subscribe. And finally, if you like what we do, please consider donating to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Today, as always, I am joined by Frank. How are you today? Hey, buddy. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm also doing well. And with us, uh, back for his second round with the Gospel According to Lucas, is Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew, how are you today? I'm great, Tim. How are you guys? Oh, just fine. Well, I don't want to speak for Frank, but I'm fine. It's good to have you back. It's great, great to, to have you. you. It's great to have you on this on this on this uh, Good Friday, Andrew. Um, Brother Andrew was kind enough to come back uh, to do a second reflection, uh, especially uh, during the Triduum. Um, it was so nice of you, um, Andrew. Would you like to tell us a bit about? Um, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself before we we dive in, in case they they missed your first episode? Uh, sure. Um, so I'm a Marianist brother. Um, we're an order of vowed religious brothers. Um, and our primary works are, is education. So we work in schools. Uh, we have schools throughout the world. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, today's gospel is for Good Friday. Frank, would you please take it away? The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and said to them, Whom are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus, the Nazarene. He said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So he again asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus, the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he had said, I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the father gave me? So the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now, the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid, who was the gatekeeper, said to Peter, You are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. 
Now, the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made, because it was cold, and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather, and in secret I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was morning. And they themselves did not enter the praetorium in order not to be defiled, so that they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not a criminal, would we have handed him over to you? At this, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, We do not have the right to execute anyone. In order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, that he said indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this one, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head. And they clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Once more, Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing, you, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak, and he said to them, Behold the man. 
When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid, and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you, and I have the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called Stone Pavement. In Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was preparation day for Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now, many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top down. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it will be. In order that the passage of Scripture might be fulfilled that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Now since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, 
for the Sabbath day of the week of that week was a solemn one. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths, along with the spices, according to the Jewish burial custom. Now, in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb, in which no one had yet been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we contemplate the gravity, the mystery, and the glory of the passion of Christ, I'd like to actually take a very small yet respectful step back from the cross and consider those who stayed with Christ in his suffering. Look to the foot of the cross and see a scene that is of great importance. Mary, the mother of Christ, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, John, the beloved disciple, they were there for love of Jesus, and through their faith in him, they remained while he died, not knowing about the resurrection to come. They had to endure the three days of confusion before the stone was rolled away and he was risen. They were the church in darkness, not knowing if there would be a dawn, but hoping beyond hope for a miracle. They can be seen in Star Wars in the form of Senator Bail Organa, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and, albeit briefly, Padme. After Order 66 was executed and Darth Vader purged the Jedi Temple, all seemed lost. The Emperor had apparently already won. The protectors of peace and justice lay slain in their temple. The Senate applauded thunderously as the Republic fell around them to be replaced by the Empire. Despite the efforts of a few, including Senators Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, and Padme Amidala, there seemed to be overwhelming support for this loss of representation and democracy in favor of dictatorship. There was, however, a glimmer of hope. Able to regroup amidst the chaos, Bail Organa, Yoda, and Obi-Wan were able to save Padme from Mustafar for long enough for her to give birth to Luke and Leia. These twins were the new hope for the future. They were what helped Yoda persevere as he waited in exile on Dagobah, what helped Obi-Wan endure the cruel life in the Dune Sea on Tatooine, and were what helped Bail Organa and other remaining members of the Delegation of 2000, including Mon Mothma, form what grew into the Rebel Alliance. 
Unfortunately, they all had to wait far longer than three days for their hope to be realized. One of the things I've loved to see in recent years has been the shows and games set in those bleak years between the fall of the Republic and the Battle of Yavin. Shows like Rebels, which highlight the rise of the Rebellion, and games like Jedi Fallen Order, which dealt with the surviving Jedi struggling to find hope. These are beautiful types of what the disciples must have felt in those three dark days before Easter Sunday. They show, expanded into the time frame of decades, just what sort of emotions are felt when your whole world is seemingly swept away and there doesn't seem much to cling to. I invite you all to reflect as we approach Easter upon the gravity of these three days. Let the true impact of the sacrifice of Christ for each and every one of us imbue you with a humble sense of the extent to which God truly, deeply loves you. Then we will be all the more equipped to join in the joy of Easter with all the more perspective on the deep joy of the disciples when their faith and hope were rewarded with his return. And with that in mind, I'd like to recite now a prayer that is dear to us as Marianists. Um, it is a prayer we recite each day at three o'clock in the afternoon, the hour Jesus died. And it is a prayer putting ourselves at the foot of the cross. Lord Jesus, we gather in spirit at the foot of the cross with your mother and the disciple whom you loved. We ask your pardon for our sins, which are the cause of your death. We thank you for remembering us in that hour of salvation and for giving us Mary as our mother. Holy Virgin, take us under your protection and open us to the action of the Holy Spirit. Saint John, obtain for us the grace of taking Mary into our lives as you did and of assisting her in her mission. Amen. May the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be glorified in all places through the Immaculate Virgin Mary. Thank you for that reflection, and thank you for, for leading us in prayer. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, no, uh, it's no small task to take something, take the, 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 the crux of our, of our faith um, uh, in, in, in Good Friday and to try and relate it to something as as relatively trivial as as Star Wars, but that that is sort of what our show is about, and uh, and and you did it with a plum. So thank you for 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 doing that because um, I, I I love the way that you uh, took that step back and sort of you know put us in the in in the shoes of of the disciples and and of, of Mary uh, and and everyone who's at the foot of the cross, and then related that to that that period of uh the dark times um in 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 star wars and you know how um the despair that uh mary and the disciples felt in those three days um or, or you know right rightly could have felt um and then take that and sort of in this fantasy uh setting like extrapolate that over 30 years uh 20 30 years um and uh, it, it's it's an angle I'd never considered. I'd never thought about. I'd never compared those two things uh, like that. And and um, that's one of the, the great things about this show is that it it, it <laughs> enables us to sort of do that. And and you know, like I said, Star Wars is a relatively trivial thing compared to the um, compared to Good Friday, compared to the crucifixion, the, the most 
consequential uh, a part of the most consequential events in in human history. Um, but it can be a an allegorical uh, device that sort of points towards the truth of uh, the truth that we find in in our faith. And so I, I I love the way you did that, and I love that you found a way to be respectful of of uh, of the subject matter here and and make us all think about something that I know I had never thought about and, and I'm sure many of our listeners had never thought about either. So, so thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto to, to that point. I was actually, um, it, um, I'll get to brother Andrew's reflection in a second, but I loved that Frank just said the crux of our faith <laughs> on good Friday. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even consider it. I was like, yeah, throw that Latin out there. You I was like, is crux. that the right word? It actually literally is the right word. <laughs> it, it, it's the perfect word. It was, you could not have come up with a better word or language even, you know, True. like that's yeah. Latin, the official language of, of the church. Um, that was great. I love that. To, to to back Frank up and then and to back your reflection up, you know, like Good Friday is like the day to not overstep your bounds, right? Into you know, and where are you? Um, what are you saying about what are you saying about Christ and his death and and Star Wars? Which you know, and this is the day that really makes you. Um, uh, as as Catholics as as Christians, it's a day that you go. Well, this is not the this is not the day to maybe make grandiose statements about why Star Wars is like Christianity, which is why we invited you on to do today's episode. Um, and so, <laughs> um, I was honored until I thought about what the reading was, and then, yeah. <laughs> then I was terrified. <laughs> um, but but what you but what you did is remove the you removed star wars from its uh, pedestal almost right and you you may just as as we are um as christ is on the cross so we are so we are below and so is star wars is below what you know christianity right they are not they are not on equal planes with with one another um and um as much as we love star wars here on this podcast you know it's like it's not our it's not our faith it's not our religion it's something that we enjoy and you were even able to take that and separate and separate them out right you know kind of like um you know two two liquids that will not mesh together so um i i i very much enjoyed your reflection because it's what frank said you know like we we so often think so solely on the cross um, but very particularly in who's on the cross on, on Good Friday and for good reason, right? The adoration of the cross and, you know, all, all the stuff that's so associated with, with the, um, with the liturgy. Um, but we seldom think about who's below the cross and, uh, and, the, but the gospel tells us, John tells us who's there and we're like, yeah, 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 but they're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't really stop to even like, we don't really stop to think about a mother looking at her son dying, right? You know, a friend looking at his friend and teacher, you know, like these are, you know, an aunt looking at her, um, looking, looking at her nephew. These are very real things that people go through and that characters in star Wars also go through in some way. Um, and so, um, which is what makes them so beloved and so relatable, right? As Star Wars and as as figures in, in Scripture, that we sadly do empathize 
Um, and we have to carry that empathy with us through these three days of the Triduum and then, of course, into into Easter afterwards. So excellent job, Brother Andrew. Lovely. Yeah, I, I definitely struggled over these over this reading for a bit. Um, and then something about one of my like 50th time reading it, um, Joseph of Arimathea stood out and I was like, wait, Bail Organa. And, mm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once again, Jimmy Schmitz let me right where I needed to go. So. Yeah, that's what, he does. <laughs> that's what he does. Joseph Arimathea's got a got a tomb. Bail Organa's got a planet, which then becomes a tomb, I guess. So sure. you know, it's all sure. sure, sure. And now I want Jimmy Schmitz to play Joseph of Arimathea somehow. So <laughs> Jimmy Schmitz is Joseph of Arimathea. Mm. So anyone's anyone's out there who's like casting directors or whatever make that happen that'd be awesome I'm, right. all, I'm all for it that's right <laughs> well um thank you thank you for for coming back and joining us brother andrew frank thank you for being here as always uh thank you to all our listeners for being here with us for praying with us know that we are praying for you especially during especially during this triduum and um and we hope that uh god blesses you and may the force be with you